So my name is Luke Butler and uh, this is not the Back of House podcast, this is uh, the Hastings Connect podcast. Uh, to give you a bit of a, a reference point for why I'm doing this, I, um, I've been in self-isolation now as a result of uh, COVID-19 since, uh, well, call 10 days. Um, over the past couple of weeks, I have been calling uh, a large number of different hospitality operators, uh, essentially just to touch base, and it became pretty clear to me over the time that um, there was a lot of value being taken away from these conversations on both sides. I think um, having the opportunity to share experiences um, and, uh, and and take different perspectives on what's actually happening out in the market, um, considering it is so foreign to everyone, um, has been quite valuable. So. Um, I decided I would start recording these conversations and um, in, in the hope that it does um, provide insight to others or um, hopefully you know, even just, just let people know that they're not alone in, in this instance. So um, I can't get out and do the usual podcast that I would do with Mike Rodriguez, so um, this will have to do for the time being. Um, but uh, we'll be posting this out across the Back of House podcast channel, but also through the Hastings Connect channel. So if you'd like to jump across to, to either and, and follow there, there'll be a number of conversations coming out over hopefully not too long a period as we get through this, but um, we will see how that goes. So that's what this is all about. Hope you enjoy. Today I'm having a chat with Ted Hellier, and Ted is uh, extremely well experienced um, in marketing, um, content creation, uh, strategy, uh, in particular around sort of sport and hospitality and leisure businesses. Um, he has an extensive career, career working for some some major um, national, international brands, um, and uh, his business has obviously been quite heavily impacted, um, as everyone's has, pretty much, uh, by what's happening in the market. Um, it's probably around 70%, I think he said, skewed towards um, hospitality and leisure businesses. Um, I've always really valued his approach and his take on how to um, how to tackle certain challenges when they are presented. Um, so that's why we are having this conversation today. Hopefully we might be able to pull out some examples of what to do during this time or maybe some examples as to certain approaches that may be better than others. Not sure, we'll see how we go, but um, here's a conversation with Ted Hellier. Uh, mate, I'm just in Rosebury, not too far from Archie Rose. Do you know Archie yeah. Rose? Yeah. Where are you? I'm in Clovelly. Clovelly, right. Oh, you're still above like Clodelly? No, no, we're in uh, we're in a house now, just still just a little bit closer into Clovelly. Right. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, it's nice, man. It's mm. nice. Mm. Like it around here. You getting out of the house much at all? Not really. Um, like I walked to the cafe this morning, got a coffee. Um, that's about it. Like, not really. We'll get out once a week to do a big shop and then the rest of the time, we're at a decent backyard, so we're spending a bit of time down there. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, man. Like, yeah, we've been pretty good. Been for a drive or two, but yeah, man, like, lockdown. What's it like? I haven't actually left the house for two weeks, so I actually don't know what to expect when I Head out, you know, like it's weird. I haven't, I have not, I haven't, I haven't been out of our house in over a month. When you consider the fact we're overseas for two weeks, so I, I've literally, yeah. when I left, things were pretty normal. So I really have no idea what it's going to be like. 
Oh, it d- depends on where you go. Like, you know, I went up to Bronte on the weekend to the shops up at Bronte, um, where Huxton's is and Three Bird Ducks and yep. East Bread. Yeah. There would have been 300 people there. Really? Queuing for Iggy. Or like, the queue for Iggy's Bread was 150 metres long. Um, then there was all the people waiting outside Huxton's for their coffees. I'll show you a picture. Man, it was. It was ridiculous, and I kind of like was just like, "Whoa, radio! Look at that! Like that's the that's the corner at Huxton's." That's like, is that people like are they distancing or are they like right up against each other? Oh, there's a bit of bit of kind of not really like if you look at it. Yeah, right. And and that queue went then went all the way down the street, and not and like it was so busy that people were actually like stopping in their cars and taking pictures of it, going, "The fuck what are you are doing?" So I got up, I got up there, that's where I get my coffee, and then I went across the road and I was like, I'm not going over there, that's ridiculous. So mm. I stayed on the other side of the road and, yeah. So, look, it depends on where you go. Like, and then we went on a Sunday hour, I just went for a drive with the kids and mm. went down to Bondi. And Bondi was like a ghost town besides groups of backpackers sitting on the corner, you know, hanging out. Like, all the shops were closed, like the surf shops, the cafes, like Bondi was quiet, quietest I've ever seen it. Beach was shut, all the shops were closed, nothing was open. Um, it was weird. Yeah, right. Yeah, we had Hawaii. So by the time we left Hawaii, it was shut. Like everything was shut. Every single shop, every restaurant, every, everything was doing takeaway. But um, that was pretty weird. But yeah, haven't, not having seen it here, I'm going to go out for a run tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. But um, there's certainly no cars driving down our street. There's no, like, no. you see what a person no. walk past. I walked to the kids' school yesterday to pick up some, you know, this week's learning stuff. And, um, yeah, there was usually, you know, a quarter to nine on a school morning from our street down to the school. There's people, kids, yeah. community driving. Uh, and yesterday I probably saw one person, you know. Crazy. Quiet, man. I still, like, yeah. School's got 600 kids in it and they've got 35 kids at the whole school moment. I still wake up every day like um, kind of not necessarily believing that it's actually happening. It's crazy, isn't it? Stupid. So what's um, happening with you? What are you – your work, is there anything going on? <laughs> it's, well, you know, our business, social beat, content – audience and social agency uh, specialising in sport, entertainment and lifestyle with our biggest clients in hospitality. Um, yeah, mate, all but dead. Uh, we had a couple of retainers, so it's kind of like all bets are off with the retainers. Um, so it's a pause on all work, a pause on all payments. Um, clients who had, you know, 1,600 staff and 40 venues down to six staff and no venues. Um, so, yeah, we took a pretty serious hit there. Um, rightly or wrongly, we were, you know, probably too top-heavy in hospitality, but we were doing good work and and it was good money and things were thriving. So, so that was good. Where we were lucky was we don't have full-timers. Right. So, staff, like we're just, we're just straight – we have a team of contractors – that we tap into for all our work. So there's probably five key contacts that, you know, I've got a creative director who's, you know, 
on retainer type of thing. We have uh, three or four videographers that I use on even rotation across the board. Uh, I got an editor that I use for you know lots of work, and then photographers, you know, teams of photographers. So um, they were kind of like my key guys. Three of those, you know, I use more so than anyone else, um, and they were pretty reliant on the social beat for their you know for their work as well. So yeah, so cool. that you know the, the flow on effect is what you know kills everyone. So. If, Government closed down hospitality, then all the peripheral businesses linked to that, you know, get thrown into turmoil as well. So, so we've kind of gone from, you know, 75% of our business um, in hospitality, doing good work. Um, the rest of it was kind of like project-based. So whether they were, you know, strategic pieces of work or creative pieces of work, um, they kind of all light up as well. We had a huge piece of work going through with um, Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Of course. Um, brand positioning piece. Um, so like do their whole brand work, then moving that into then content strategy and tone of voice and then creative execution off the back of that. Um, they are still running, so the dogs are still running, but the TAB, the revenue off the back of the TAB betting has taken a hit. So the whole organisation's taken a hit. So um, so that gets put on hold as well. So yeah. big projects are all paused. So there's a, there's a mixture of yeah, things on hold and things, you know, who knows where things will recover um, on some of the bigger clients whether they'll just flip the switch and turn retainers back on or, you know, a couple of those actually those retainers are up in kind of like June, you know, financial year. So whether or not we even are back in the picture in six months' time when everything's back to normal, hopefully, who knows. So that's kind of the, that's the struggle with us at this present point in time. So what we're doing is uh, I'm kind of spending a lot of my time just on the phone. Yeah. So just engaging with people, um, former colleagues, former clients, friends, whoever, old workmates, and just kind of like just chatting, just but just like chatting with no agenda. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like I rang you the other day just to sort of say, "Dude, what's up? How are you going? What are you mm. working on? How are you working? How are you coping?" And then from that, there's been a couple of things that have kind of popped up as to could be an opportunity. So. You like look at those and then kind of like go, right, well, there's no new business coming through now. Um, I've got a couple of concepts that are geared around this time, so where we are in the current market, how you could tap into, you know, isolation, working from home, how do brands kind of like tap into that with some smart, savvy content. So we've kind of got a couple of concepts out there in front of brands at the moment. Um, but outside of that, there's not much new work like, you know, as I said, sport and hospitality were our biggest pieces and yeah. they're all but they're laying off staff, they're not spending money. So that's difficult. Um, a couple of projects on the go, but then I'm kind of I'm getting closer to like having a realisation around, okay, well once the doors start to open in hospitality and they start to throw the ball around in footy again or whatever, there's an opportunity there to kind of like hit the ground running with them. Um, but we're just trying to kind of piece that together now. So now it's just about take this time to gather information, work on myself, whether that's you know fitness, health, eat well, yeah, be 
be present with the family, homeschooling, all that kind of stuff, and then uh, and then kind of like spend the other half of the time just kind of planning the next step. What what kind of sense are you getting from the from even same of the businesses maybe that you're still in touch with who you potentially had retainers with recently? Do you, are there any kind of consistent insights that are coming out of chats with them? Like, do you get any sense as to when they think things are going to come back on or what their approach will be? Because I would think – I was chatting to Naomi um, uh, Ross the other day about her yeah. business. Um, obviously not a, a, a competitor of yours but does the more sort of graphic design and social media management. Yeah. Um, I would imagine her business will turn on very, very quickly um, and I would imagine the same – for yours, whether other businesses like I think mine will probably take a fair bit of time to turn back on to where it was because people will need – there'll be a rush to get artwork done, you know, new posters for concepts, menus, whatever yep. it might be. But also, you know, I think there's a – the businesses that see the opportunity in trying to get good content out and, and get cut through because there'll be a lot of messages going out the door, you would imagine. Everyone's sending the same yeah. message that they're open. So, I mean, what would your approach be? there or your best advice do you think yes like yeah you're right like you would one would think that um they will need to move quickly uh it's just a matter of how the government allow them to open like it's not gonna be a right january uh, july 1 you're on and everyone away we go yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be a drip feed and you know i'm speaking some owner operators and they'll be like who have got multiple venues and, and they're like yeah that's going to be cool but it's not really going to be worth my while opening some of those venues until further restrictions uh, uh, have been made so there's yep there, there, there will be people who will go um smart ones who have kind of like just pulled up stumps completely um and they're saving their pennies for right, we're going to need to spend to move. Um, you know, you've got to stay close to those guys. But, but generally, I, I just don't see it being – it's going to be a slow fee. It's going to be a slow drip. So I kind of see the opportunity as, um, you know, helping those need to plug the gaps because, you know, as we've kind of discussed before, I don't think um, full-time staff are going to be on the agenda straight away. Yeah, right. um, so understanding the lay of the land, particularly in like operationally in hospitality, yeah, definitely you're going to need people running venues, but discretionary stuff like creative services, um, you know, it'll take a while for them to be fully back to a point where they're doing that in-house. So how do you then plug those gaps and, and help them achieve what they need to achieve? It's going to, but in a more cost-effective way than for them having to do it themselves. Mm. So that's the sweet spot I reckon um, and then how do you kind of just have those relationships in place and, and ready to rock and roll that that's the key piece mm. have you started to play it out as to how you think from a strategic perspective take the manpower out of it but just from a marketing or a messaging perspective businesses need to be behaving and, and even now like uh, to be honest I've been thinking about it with my business and I imagine a lot of other businesses in um, competing or non-competing sectors are thinking about it. Like I've, I've not had any communication with my client database, for example, um, and that is because I'm probably not entirely sure what to say because, I, I mean, you could send the same email out that I think so many large businesses, large and small, have sent out saying, you know, coronavirus update, but it kind of doesn't mean that much. Um, 
and I think some businesses are probably feeling compelled to to say something, but. Uh, yeah, I think kind of grappling with the topic of staying in communication with your clients, but also yeah, being valuable during this time is is kind of important. Yeah, I think it's important to stay in touch with them. But then, like, if you've got a client database uh, that you, you got to just kind of come at it thinking differently. Like, you know, if I get another email with someone saying, here's my Corona COVID-19 update again, mm. telling me the same information I, I know and I've seen a thousand times before. If you want to engage me, then add, add some value to me. Yeah, you know, totally. like, and I think this is where social can play a really big part and a smart part in this. Like if I'm a brand right now who's not making sales or um, if I am making sales, then great. But coming out now and sort of, Going the hard sell is not going to not going to win you any fans. I think there's a really really good opportunity now for brands to build some brand equity with their you know with their consumers or with potential consumers in and around adding value to their social feeds. And, and what could that be? That could be through you know life hack series, or if you're a brand that's targeting parents, then you know create a really humorous series of memes or video content around homeschooling and engage people that way and create shareable content that way that's kind of just adding value to giving that little bit more of an escape. You know, you, you would have seen, noticed it yourself, like social content and memes is absolutely booming at mm. the moment. Like I've never had so much good content being shared in WhatsApp groups. Everyone's got the time, everyone's consuming, everyone's looking for an escape. And you kind of look at the news cycles at the moment as well. In the first couple of weeks, everyone was like, they were pinned to the news. It was like all about, like, give me my information. Are we going to lockdown? Where are my government benefits? What's happening to me now? What's in it for me? Blah, 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 blah. Right? So that news cycle is kind of like, that's kind of starting to pull back now. And if you look at the current news cycle, it's now it's like, right, well, all the information's out there. People are already moving. We're now just in the day in, day out of yeah. isolation. So there's, let's call it two months ahead, right? Let's just say we've got another eight weeks of living like this. Yeah. The first four weeks has really been about information grabbing. Get me as much information as I can so I know where I stand and how I'm going to do it. But now it's the day in, day out grind. And that's where the opportunity lies because now you look at the news cycle, now they're starting to move into the blame game. Right, well, whose fault was it about Ruby Princess and who's going to go down for this and point, 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 point. So now it's not so much about delivering information to people, it's about the blame game and and people will start to get sick of that. So therefore, there lies the opportunity mm. to engage in a different way to because they're, they're done with that. So, right, give me my escape now. I've just got to get through this. I've got X amount of period of time. I'm homeschooling. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. Um, now engage me on a different level and add some value to my social feed. And that's where I think the opportunity lies. Now, hospitality brands, you know, you know, get your chefs doing home cooking lessons and get your suppliers to come on board with that and sort of say, hey, here's a, you know, here's so-and-so, you know, here's Matt Moran at home um, cooking and it's brought to you by whoever you want it to be brought by. You know, whether or not it doesn't need to be super polished content either, it just needs to be informative and it just needs to add value to me, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think there's great opportunity for in the hospitality space to be kind of engaging with you, you people that way. Um, 
there's a lot of hospitality brands kind of going out there as well with this whole, you know, this whole new, you know, cooking from home and takeaway and yeah. there's some great stuff around that. So they're kind of, what they've done is, is they've kind of now just starting to discover new revenue streams that they didn't realise they had before and they didn't realise there was a market for. And then off the back of that, they're generating user-generated content because people are there getting their delivery at home, they're cooking, they're then posting, they're sharing, and then they're creating user-generated content to then drive their brand and keep their, their you know, brand relevant. And I think the, the you know, Schultze and the Prince of York are probably at the forefront of that where they've sort of seen it as, okay, well, let's be the mouthpiece. Let's let's keep our PR agency on and let's drive this, you know, this whole movement. So they're kind of like going really strongly in that space. Mm. Um, whereas others are just like, no, nah, not trying to save face. Let's just batten down the hatches and get on with it. But at some point they're going to need to re-engage um, to kind of just get the wheels in motion and mm. then they can start start moving forward that way. So I just I think there's a really interesting content opportunity there for whether it's hospitality or brands um, to play around in that space um, and add real value cost effectively. But then moving away from the hard sell and move into a, a straight engagement plan. Mm, adding value. It's, um, it's funny. I mean, if I look at my habits, Personally, I mean, I was saying to someone, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was Mike Rodriguez, that premiumization topic um, that has been so prevalent within sort of consumer trends over the last couple of years anyway, people buying better and consuming maybe a little bit less. Um, I thought that would actually go out the window a little bit um, with people maybe having less money. But I think, I don't know, looking at my personal habits, it's actually increased. Like I'm probably drinking better stuff at home because you want to actually invest some time into maybe making a cocktail that you just traditionally wouldn't make because you've got all this extra time on your hand and like I got a delivery of meat yesterday from a butcher really amazing produce but we'll you know invest a heap of time into cooking up some you know just some dishes that we would just generally never ever take the time to do and I've been searching content for recipes from businesses or um, chefs to to utilize so there's people behaving very, very differently at home to the way that they've probably ever had the totally. opportunity to behave. And that's where time is, a, you know, time is the, is the great piece here. And mm. I think at the moment people are kind of at home and, and we've been the same. We're buying, you know, we're buying better food. Yes, we'll buy Prince of York and, yes, we'll consider Maryvale at home. We'll do these things and have that Friday night special occasion, um, open that extra nice bottle of wine or make some extra yeah. nice cocktail, put on the Zoom engage with friends and have a bit of a laugh because the Monday to Friday is a hard slog. We know we've got two two full-time workers, two kids at home being homeschooled. It's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's super tough. And then, yeah, I'm happy to do that on the Friday night for now. But if this is – if we're having the same conversation in six months' time, I guarantee you most people are, uh, you know, they're penny-pinching hard. Mm. Uh, and that, that – that, that has to swing at some point because people will just not have the money to spend $100 on a Friday night dinner. Um, but in six months' time, if you know if some people are out of work and the money's dry and they're tapping into savings hard, mate, it's it's $10 chops from Woolies, you know what I mean? And that's just where it's at. <laughs> so, yeah. you kinda, again, you've got to kind of harness that. So, again, that presents just another opportunity, right? Like how to then – how does hospitality brands then go, right, let's – Let's, there's an opportunity there, penny-pinching. So how do we engage our fans and keep our brand relevant in a penny-pinching space around cooking better at home? 
with cheaper cocktails or whatever it might be or matching food and wine and then, then delivering that as, a, as an engagement piece, a free service piece to kind of like keep, keep people engaged with your brand at the, during this time. What you give away now, you'll get back tenfold in six to eight months' time. Yeah, right. It's amazing. I mean, the consistencies around the way that people are thinking is is amazing. I'm sure you're seeing this in the conversations that you're having. Like, you're 100% right in terms of the news cycle and people kind of, you know, starting to get pretty over kind of even talking about coronavirus. Like, um, and they don't want, you know, there's a certain type of content that they really don't want to get from businesses right now. Like, I think everyone's kind of come to the realisation that we're in this now for three months. Like, you're going to be stuck at home. You don't need to be marketed to. Um, they're overhearing about the virus and sort of daily updates on tolls. It's just like, let's just, you know, let's just kind of get through it. Um, mm. I'm seeing that in, in consistently in conversations that I have with people, whether it be clients that we're currently working with or just people like yourself, mates, that you're just, you're catching up with. Um, the other thing that has come up, I don't know if you've seen this, but... I've spoken to three or four people, I think, in the last couple of days that are like totally reconsidering what they do with the rest of their lives, which is not necessarily um, relevant to sort of hospitality or marketing. But I just think the nature of time and maybe the the amount of time that people have got to sit there and contemplate. Like, just I spoke to two business owners yesterday who are like, I, I don't know if I'm going to reopen. Like, I might just go and do something completely different, which I, I found really interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, COVID, I've seen, you know, again, through memes and content, but there's some interesting kind of um, theories out there and uh, around the COVID being the great reset button that we all needed, yeah. you know, to recalibrate in the earth and, and the way we think and the way we feel and the, and the way we act. Um, yeah, sure, like, why not? have that kind of outcome and, and look for it. I'd love to have the luxury of being able to go, you know what, I'll take a year off and I'll think about what I want to do and and then, you know, become quite earthy about it and, you know, <laughs> yeah. to go it. But, but, you know, it's kind of unrealistic for a lot of a lot of people as well, you know. Um, but, but again, what we've got is time and you've got time now to really think and plan and, and, and look at how, where the opportunity is to move forward. Like, yep, things will be different. Yes, we will in five years' time talk about things. Oh, yeah, I remember we used to do that before corona. And, oh, yeah, that, that, that only came in after corona. And we'll talk about that kind of thing for a while. Um, but, yeah, like it's each to their own on how they want to approach, you know, you know life 2.0, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's just going to go on long enough that people – um, have you know if, you, if it went on for like two or three weeks you know what it's like with a um, standard news cycle for example people get outraged about something for you know a week to two weeks and then it just goes away and there's something else for them to think about um, you, you don't get to form kind of enough um, of a relationship with a topic or a behaviour in that period of time but being three to six months you know people will behave extremely differently um, after this and I don't think it'll be a case of people just reverting back to business as usual in terms of the way they inter interact with social media or, or you know physical businesses within hospitality or any other kind of environment perhaps it'll be uh, I don't know people will study it for a very long time I reckon yeah look I, I, I tend to agree and uh and any time will tell how that actually plays out you know what I mean like a subconsciously a lot of things will just change because of new habits and what we've been doing in three months of lockdown and mm. moving forward 
and working from home and, you know, what have I been more effective working from home than I am bloody spending an extra hour going in the office every day. So that's the way I'm going to work from now on in and things will, you know, things will, will naturally change based off that. Um, time, again, time will tell. And I, and I think the, you know, the way people kind of create content and the way they engage with people via social or even how they do marketing will be different because people will, through this time, expect a different level of engagement from the brands that they're interested in engaging with. Uh, mm. So, yeah, and time will tell how that kind of rolls out. Do you have any stats on platforms that are being sort of used more than others uh, right now? Uh, yeah, I've heard socials up like 76%. Right. Uh, like things like Zoom, you know, is that as a business I think has gone, I don't know the real numbers, but it's a silly number like mm. they've gone from a value of a million dollars to a hundred million dollars based off just how many people are using the platform and it's just subscription based, so that's gone through the roof. So, yeah, I've, there's some, some, there are some crazy numbers out there, but it's, it's the area that you'd expect. I did speak with one home delivery service that created, you know, um, healthy home-delivered, you know, pre-prepped meals. Yeah. They went from 1,000 orders a week uh, to 5,000 orders a week completely organically. So wow. they were like, there was talk of, mate, we're laying off marketing staff to put on operational staff just to deal with the actual fulfilling the orders. So so the areas that you'd expect to, you know, skyrocketing up at the Dan Murphy's last, one of the days last week or the week before had their biggest trading day on record. Um, so, so, yeah, booze has gone through the roof. Um, do it yourself, like yep. Bunnings. Apparently, never been busier. So everyone's at home. Everyone's fixing those little things around the yeah. home that they haven't take time to do for ages. Woolies, Coles, home delivery, social content, obviously Netflix, all, all the things that you'd expect to be going through the roof are going through the roof. But there are a couple of like little surprise packets in there as well that are that are doing really well, strongly too. So, um, and and businesses also changing the way they deal with their partners. So a lot of people, partners who, you know, a lot of B2B businesses were also going, right, well, we've engaged all these businesses, but now all these businesses are struggling. They've, they've got us on a subscription-based model for a, call it a, a CRM platform or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so how do we kind of like shift that from, right, how do we kind of add value to those guys now and add additional value to those guys to keep them on rather than saying, Let's stop the subscription for three months. Yeah, and we'll pick that up. So they're now trying to create, you know, different ways and different methods to communicate with their customers to then keep them on board for a period of time. And you look at things like, um, like gyms is a really interesting space as well, where gyms have been shut. They've been shut down, and then these businesses have pivoted to, to keep their, you know, their weekly uh, membership fees up. They've pivoted automatically to a an online play. So these guys were physical gyms that had classes and, you know, physios and all these things that you have that you would go to. Now have within a space of two weeks have had to completely pivot their entire organisations and businesses to online platforms. Mm. Um, so creating Facebook Lives and, you know, exclusive content and fitness programs and, you know, like, you know, people training in their backyard in front of their laptop is 
is commonplace now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. But what happens then moving forward, it's like you know, my wife and I, we've really enjoyed getting up early, going to our backyard, putting the laptop on and doing a session at home and not actually having to go anywhere. Um, and how's that going to then change that entire industry moving forward? Do you know what I mean? Mm. You're going to have all these systems place they're going to have all these online platforms that they've built over this period of time they've they've all now created a second revenue stream so so like yep you know subscribe over here to join the gym but then subscribe over here to get exclusive online programming and content so so gyms that didn't have that previously have now got two forms of of revenue and so like a lot of the takeaway stuff as well like they've kind of gone we didn't realize there was a market for takeaway food and takeaway booze now what happens with those licensing regulations down the track and does that become a second revenue stream for a lot of these businesses now? Mm. Won't be as great because people will want to go out again, but for a fair vast period of time, until there's, you know, a vaccine in the market, I think hospitality's gonna hurt for a while, you know. So so there's there's interesting things that have kind of like started to spawn out yeah. of this that like you don't think about. Mate, it's uh, yeah. There's there's too much going on to be able to try and keep up with it. I think, and 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 forecast or even try to understand what the longer term impacts of some of that stuff is going to be. Like, people will just feel a bit more comfortable at home. Maybe not as necessary uh, as as compelled to go out as often as maybe they once did. And the cash topic's going to play a huge part. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what are you doing to stay sane? Uh, well, we're training every day. Yeah. So we, I'm feeling really super fit. So we're doing good, good. hard sessions every morning, uh, and that's like seven days a week. We're doing something seven days a week. So whether that's just going for a walk one day, but we're doing hard training every morning, and that's always been my kind of balancer. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've been drinking a little bit more than we probably usually would. <laughs> so like generally, I was a Thursday to Sunday, a couple of glasses of wine, but now that's kind of like Tuesday to you know, Sunday. Yep. Um, so we've, we've definitely been drinking a bit more and we've been enjoying different types of drinks. So making a few more cocktails and experimenting on some different reds and things um, and eating really well. So that's always been key for us as well. So they've always been kind of our, our general balances anyway. Um, but what's been harder for us is the, is the balancing of the kids. Yeah, right. Know, school. Um, so my wife, she's a, you know, she's a film producer. She's still super busy, um, taking shifts on managing kids and trying to get her own stuff moving is, is really, really challenging. So we've kind of got, you know, three more days of that before Easter and school holidays. And then we're going to have to kind of like then figure out, right, well, they can't just sit on their phones or in front of a TV for the next two weeks. So again, what do we do that's going to give them a break from school but kind of still keep them stimulated with you know, creative projects or whatever it might be? I don't mind my daughter making lots of TikToks because it's actually, <laughs> really, it's actually a really cool creative outlet. Um, so there's a, but there's a balance there as well. So that's kind of what we're doing to kind of stay sane. Our exercise is critical. Yeah, yeah um, It really is. Even if it's just walking around the block with your family, you just got to get out, breathe some fresh air, um, get the blood pumping, get the heart rate up. That's that's the I think the the most important thing. And it's a good time as well. Like go buy a Garmin and then go and track your data and then see how you've been going and, and you know get a little bit more kind of technical with it rather yeah. than just kind of like oh, I went for another run. Like 
go for another run, but then, you know, track your data, look at your heart rate, look at your distances, look at your times, and then try and – so this is a, it's a really interesting time to try and better yourself at stuff. Um, I'd love to be able to do more reading, but, man, two kids, it's impossible to read in this joint. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, that, that's what we're doing. What about you? Oh, mate. We're in isolation until tomorrow morning, so I'm going to get out and go for a run. I'm doing heaps of exercise, trying to do two sessions a day, um, one morning, one night. Um, Ruby's running around, but she doesn't need much homeschooling. Um, she's made – I don't know, your kids, but we haven't been able to leave the house. I mean, she's only she's nearly three, I guess, two and a half, um, but has not kind of – it's been amazing how she just isn't impacted at all, like ordinarily she'd want to go to the park at first thing in the morning, for example, kind of had to build like a little makeshift park for her here, like playground, but um, it's amazing that she hasn't been sort of climbing up the walls or nagging us to even go for a walk around the block, but we're doing that as of tomorrow, obviously, now that we can. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, um, hold on, someone's popping their head into the Zoom room. <laughs> Um, it's, um, what's interesting is the, uh, the fact that everyone's home. You don't want to help me. I'm schooling. The, I'm schooling. The, um, what's interesting is everyone's home. So the kids love it in mm. a way. So kids are happy if they're surrounded by by home. Uh, we're lucky we've got a trampoline, um, but, um, but my kids will only go on the trampoline if I'm on there as well. Yeah. So, it's, so you kind of, they, they want you to do everything with them and, that, and that's the struggle. Whilst I love it, that you kind of still need to be able to like, I, I need it, I just need two hours. Just give me two hours. Just to, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and off we're going to go. So, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's super challenging, but, you know, as I sort of said, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. Like I'm mm. enjoying, enjoying being at home. I'm enjoying being present. Um, I'm kind of, as I sort of said, I've, I've never, never been on the phone more mm. than I actually have. Like connecting with people who haven't connected with in ages, just talking with people has been really, really good as well. Because what's interesting is everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's looking for something to help get out of it. So everyone's really, willing to talk and have mm. a good conversation and it's good conversations without agendas yeah just gathering gather information and then kind of like in the back of your mind start to build out strategies around those conversations as to how you can move forward and that's probably been um really probably the most interesting point that's come out of this for me is just guys you haven't spoken to in two or three years and then you end up having a 40 minute chat with them about a whole range of things and then like oh mate yeah i was going to do a zoom group why don't you come in on that and you add value here and let's do that and just things just move. So that's pretty critical yeah. as well. Yeah, nice. Um, cool, man. Well, look, um, stay safe. Don't be going lining up at Iggy's for fucking two hours in that Corona. horrendous line. Life, life of Corona, bread. <laughs> yeah. um, mate, we'll keep chatting, but um, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, man. Cool, man. Good to see you. Yeah, Good you too. Later. Speak to you soon. Bye.